listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hello, we're back. Oh, yes, we are. It's an animal party on Pet Life Radio, and I'm your host, Deb Wolf. Welcome to the show. Today, I do not have a guest. I was supposed to have Supulanda joining me to talk about scenting dogs and her book, Scenting on the Wind. And I had a huge sheet prepared with all my questions. How do they do it? How do they learn it? How long does it take to learn it? What kind of dogs are good at it? Is there a difference between finding people and finding things? And oh man, the list is long. So she's coming back. She had an emergency. I've booked her to come on in the future. So we'll be talking to her soon about all those doggy topics. In the meantime, I thought I'd do a cat show. And I didn't really prepare for it. I've got my books in front of me, but I don't. Usually I have a whole list of things in the news and facts and interesting stories all at the ready. But today I'm just going to wing it like the birds our cats love to chase. I'm just going to wing it. And I've got my cat encyclopedia, the Cat Fanciers Association Cat Encyclopedia in front of me. And I've got my Planet Cat, a catalog in front of me, which uh, Arden Moore has said I can read anything out of as long as I say it's from Arden Moore's book, Planet Cat. So I'm saying it now. If you hear a haiku during this show and you love cats and you love cat haikus, that's where I'm getting them. <laughs> and I've also got Darlene Arden's uh, The Cat's Meow right in front of me, just in case I, I want to deal with some of those topics. I really like the Cat Wrangler, too. Dusty Rainbow. So those are my cat authorities on how to work with cats. And I also loved originally the uh, Tribe of the Tiger. That was a beautiful book. I think it was Doris Lessing, if I could be wrong about that. Great, great book. If you haven't read it and you love cats, it's so worth looking up in a used bookstore or online somewhere. So yeah, we love our cats. Our cats don't always love us. So what do you do if your cat, maybe it's a rescue, maybe it's adopted, and uh, it just isn't warming up. It's always under the bed. You think to yourself, why am I feeding this thing and changing its poop when it doesn't even show any affection? What do you do? Do you force it? Do you confine it? Well, I've tried various things over the years, and a lot of things work. You can just give it time and be patient, patient, patient. And eventually, little by little by little, the cat will trust you more and get more and more used to you. But if that's not good enough, and for me it never is, then (laughs) the next plan is to confine it. So you start with a really small area, maybe just one room in your apartment or house, and you make sure whenever you come and go from that area, something really nice and calm happens, like a little bit of food is put out, or a toy is played with, or just something nice, a a cat-friendly spray, catnip or lavender or something like this happens. It is not a vacuum occasion. It is not a medicine occasion, okay? You make sure nothing negative happens. You make it really, really positive every time you're in there. And um, connect the food to yourself. The food doesn't just appear in a bowl. It comes when you come. So gradually, your cat will get used to things. Another trick, and this is true with dogs too, but again, we're going to do a cat show, people. (laughs) Can't help but weave the dog magic in there. Animals especially dogs and cats, but generally speaking, most animals I've worked with in nature reserves and zoos and pretty much everywhere really do not use direct, full-on frontal eye contact with strangers unless they're about to fight or flee. So if you know and love your dog, your cat, and they're looking for you for connection, they're trying to find out what it is you want, 
you're getting ready to go out the door and your dog's trying to figure out if you're going to go for your keys or you're going to go for your muddy shoes. Is she going to go to work or is she going to take me for a walk? The dog's sitting there staring right into your eyes. That's an exception. You're not a stranger and they're looking to communicate. With strangers, your dog will not stare them in the eye unless he's challenging them. And that's true for cats too. So if you have a timid cat, don't stare at it. Actually go out of your way to physically close your eyelids. It feels weird at first. You're talking to a dog you've never met and it's all skittish and shaking and you're sitting there on your knees or squatting down with your hand out and you close your eyes. You completely close your eyes. If you do this, the animal relaxes because you cannot attack it with your eyes closed and it knows that. So maybe Luke Skywalker could, but the rest of us don't mount an attack with our eyes closed. And so it immediately sends this message. When you're dealing with birds, incidentally, and I know cat people, oh, sorry, cat people. When you're dealing with birds, don't swallow right before you try and interact with them. Because the things that prey on them salivate when they're hunting them. And they swallow a lot right before they bounce. So don't swallow. I know that's hard to do, but gum chewing, probably not your best bet when you're trying to tame a fearful bird. Okay, so back to cats. So with the cats, you want to touch them. You want to pet them. You want to comfort them. You want to make it totally positive and you want to give them a really small, quiet area to get used to and really get them used to you before you ever let them into another area. They should have their own litter, their own food, their own water in there. Be really relaxed. Maybe they do get along with the other cats and you can have other cats come in and visit too. And actually, cats learn a lot by watching. So having a cat that the skittish cat likes come in and get pet and affection brushed while it can see, sometimes that's enough. Sometimes that makes them so envious that they end up coming over too and kind of sneaking a pet. But again, close your eyes and you'll get better results. So that's a tip for your skittish cat. I'm going to give you tips throughout the show. But right now, I want to go to a commercial break. And before I do, I'm going to read you one of these haikus. I love haikus and I love cat haikus. So this is from Planet Cat. And it's got a few authors, including Arden Moore, my friend. And so here we go. The rule for today, touch my tail, I shred your hand. New rule tomorrow. <laughs> Here's another one. In deep sleep hear sound, cat vomit hairball somewhere. We'll find in morning. So this is for cat lovers extraordinaire like myself. I have quite a few cats right now and I recently rescued two kittens. And over the years, I found out the hard way that it's way easier to rescue kittens through a vet shelter, or rescue association than it is to rescue them privately. A few years ago, I rescued a set, and they're lovely cats. I mean, I have no complaints about the outcome, but within a month of owning them, I discovered they had terrible ringworm, and ringworms really, really horribly contagious to children and near impossible to get rid of. So I had to quarantine these kittens in a different building on my farm and visit them every day a few times a day and literally suit up because I have two little kids. They're older now. This was a few years ago. My kids are now eight and ten. But they were pretty little. So I, I had to explain why they couldn't see their kittens or pet their kittens for almost two months. The kittens had to be given liquid medicine twice a day. I had to put gloves on and cover my hair, cover everything. The ringworm isn't actually a worm. But still, it creates a pattern on your skin, a splotchy circular ring pattern, and that's why they call it that. And it's very contagious, and you have to be really, really careful. And so that was such a pain in the butt. It cost me a fortune. Yeah, they were free, but the vet visits and the follow-up and the medicine and the time, oh, man. Now they turned into great cats, and I'm happy I have them. A couple of years later, I decided to do it again. And again, there were these kittens that were going to be dumped if no one took them, and they were too young. Same story. 
get there and they don't look so good. And so, of course, I take them. Most people wouldn't. Bring them home and they've got runny diarrhea. So it's not that they're not litter box. They did train. They just have no options. They're so ill. So again, off to the vet, lots of vet visits. I was going to go to the vet anyway. I mean, they are, that, the runny diarrhea was discovered at the vet, actually. But um, So they couldn't be vaccinated because they were ill. And then, you know, they had to have all these medicines, get them right. And then again, quarantine. And now this was a serious mess, more messy than the first situation because they couldn't help themselves for about 10 days. So it was just constant mess and cleaning. Steam cleaning had to replace the carpet eventually. And now... I mean, again, lovely cats, totally lovely cats. But this time when I went to adopt two rescue kittens, because I had a generation die off that reached about 20 and 18 and 16, and I've sort of been slow in replacing them. I like to get cats in twos so they keep each other company. So I went to get a third set. So I will now have six cats, replaced my older generation. I only have one old cat left. Everybody else is fairly young at two-year intervals. I do live on a farm, and uh, we will get mice in the house if we don't have cats. So this is part of the plan out here. So the two I got this time, I decided to rescue, but rescue through a vet. And they come already checked. There's no worms. There's no diarrhea. They're already vaccinated. They come with a return visit, neuter and spay. And I'm still doing the right thing. I'm still taking kittens out of the pool of cats that would be put down. And yet, for me and my kids... In the end, it's probably going to cost the same, even though I had to buy them. But what a difference. And the bonding is so much better because they're not ill and they're not forced apart from children. So the whole experience is much, much better. Now, even though they're healthy, they're right now confined to one room. One of them's really friendly. One of them's really skittish. They come from two different moms. And um, they're in one room where they have their litter, their food, their water. There's a different cat in the house that likes them, so he visits occasionally for a little while. The kids visit constantly. It's one of the children's bedrooms, so they're in and out of there a lot. So they have a lot of companionship, and they're warming up. It's at the point now where the skittish one will let us pet him, and he doesn't like to be picked up yet, yet. But we're getting there. He doesn't hide anymore. So it does take time. Soon I'm going to separate them just a little bit, a few hours a day, put the orange one, orange tabby up with my daughter in her room and let the gray one be alone because I think he's bonding a little too much with the other cat and not enough with us, but it's going pretty well so far. Okay, everybody, I'm going to come back and tell you more cat stories and give you more cat advice in just a minute. So we'll break for a quick commercial. This is Animal Party on Pet Life Radio with your host, Deb Wolf. Stay tuned. Join the dog ring revolution. If you love your dog and want to take them everywhere you go, now you can with Dog Ring. Dog Ring is a hands-free way to include your dog in more activities and give you the freedom to take your dog almost anywhere. It's a safe and easy way to secure your dog. It clips around trees, posts, and poles in seconds. It's lightweight, portable, and strong. It has a free sliding leash which allows your dog to run around without getting tangled up. Perfect for parks, picnics, barbecues, camping, lounging outside, and furry fun adventures everywhere. Now you can be part of the Dog Ring Revolution. Visit thedogring.com and sign up for our Kickstarter campaign. Registration is now open. Go to thedogring.com. That's thedogring.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. You're 
inside the VIP room with the hottest party in town. Back to the party. Let's go. Hello, we're back. And actually, it's kind of out of place for me to be howling at you all when it's a cat show. So I will say ciao, meow, because that's the way you greet cat people. Now, another tip. Oh, I was going to give this in the first part. When you want your cat to come, there's a peculiar noise you can make. And I'll give it a shot right now. It's sort of a little bit like a bird chirp. And the noise starts on a high note and goes down. It's about three notes long. It's not a very long thing. It's sort of like a trill or a chirp. And if you can make the sound right, what you sound like is the mama cat after she dumps food, usually wounded prey or dead prey, for her kittens. And the sound goes, if you do that, and then put the food down, then not everybody can do that sound, I know. But some of you can. Give it a shot. If you can do that sound, it's almost like a purr, but it's not quite. goes up, down, three notes long. It's like that. If you can do that. Oh, my calico's just come out of the closet because I'm doing that. That is mama calling her kittens. So give that a shot as you try and deal with shy cats with your eyes closed and the food at the ready. Figure out what they like and give it to them. That's the best way to attract them. I mean, if your cat likes canned, wet cat food and it's skittish, well, you might feed it something else as its main diet, but when you go into play with it or interact with it or tame it or get it out of its shell, go with a teaspoon of that. Why not? Another tip I've had over the years from guest experts is to use a little bit of butter every few days. Let your cat lick it off your finger if they want, about a half a teaspoon, teaspoon. And that has lactic acid in it, which will break down their hairballs, but they also love it. But uh, definitely keep your butter covered. If you've been wondering why your butter dish is always ajar and there looks like little finger marks in the butter and you've been blaming your children... Uh-uh, it's not the kids, it's the cat. You better get a handle on that. Okay, so let's see. What else should we talk about? We talked about shy cats. Maybe we should talk about the reverse. Yeah. Well, how do you tell? If you've got a little bit of conflict in your house, a bunch of cats, how can you tell who's the boss, right? Is it the loudest one? A lot of you probably think so. Oh, that sounds bossy, right? Well, actually... Normally, usually, that's the one being picked on because it's complaining, it's protesting, it's not happy with the situation. The one doing the bullying is, is kind of content at, at the moment of the bullying. So that one's usually pretty quiet. Contrasting with dogs, when they're loud and it sounds like they're really, really fighting and they're just blah, 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 like a scrum of dogs, nothing's usually happening because if they're biting, they're not barking. So that's a lot of posturing. But with cats, when one cat's really loud, The other one is usually the one causing the problem. Another way to look at it, another way to try to tell, is a bully cat will, and actually I should first say that you can have a cat who's afraid of people, but very confident with other cats. My Calico Rescue Cat, my oldest, oldest cat, it's about 12 years old now, so not really that old. As I said, my my 20-year-olds are gone now, sadly. Yeah, they all went, you know, they were sort of two years apart, and now they're, anyway, time moves on, and I guess the reason cats are so short-lived compared to us is so that we can have more than just a couple in our lifetime. Same as dogs. The difference is heartbreaking sometimes, but on the other hand, you get to experience a lot of animals and they sure live a lot every day, every month, every year for, uh, for their short lives. So my calico, who's got, she got her before we had my son, he's 10, so I'm guessing she's 11 or 12 now. 
she was quite badly treated and she's just coming out of her shell. It took years and years and years. And now she'll let me pet her. Uh, she'll even come to me when I call her some of the time. She'll come to me when I pet the cat she likes the most because she's sort of envious. She'll come out and try and steal his cuddles. And just now when I made that noise, she came out. Now she's a cat who walks through the center of a room like a confident cat when there's no strangers around. If there's a stranger in the house, someone vacuuming downstairs, someone visiting, anything odd like that, you know, some noise, she'll like, then she's hiding in the closet. And if she were to transfer rooms, she would do so along the outside like a little commando troop, hugging the corners and going for cover and almost darting, almost secretively entering as if under fire. Okay, now a cat who's scared of other cats or a cat who's being bullied will do that a lot of the time. They'll just basically hug the perimeters. They'll basically hide under things or on the tippy-tippy top, shoved against things like the top of the fridge. More often, though, on the bottom of things, under. So that's how you can tell. If your cat is always scooting around and hiding, and only when you're there does it come out and be affectionate. As soon as you're done, it sort of slinks off and hides under things. Okay, he's being bullied. That's what's going on there. And you needn't look far. The cat that marches into the middle of the room, (laughs) that would be your culprit. So how do you straighten that out? Well... It is hard. The first thing is make sure you've got enough litter boxes so that the one who's in charge cannot block them off. You can't have two or three all in the same area so Mr. Bully can sit so that nobody else can get in or out and nobody can use the bathroom. You set that up and you're going to have pee-pee-poo-poo problems all over your house and in hidden secret places that will be very hard to get rid of. And once it starts, you need enzyme cleaners and you need to bottle it and control it and it's much easier to stop first. So have litter boxes and spread them around. Use whatever kind they like the best. You know, there's the tippy kind I like because I don't have to touch it or scoop it. It sort of has a scoop shovel in it. You tip it over, you tip it back, you slide the shovel out, you dump it. I like that and I like clumping litter. My cats seem to like it too. If they didn't, I would try something else. And there's loads of things on the market. So you just got to keep trying. The main problem with litter is people put it either all together where one cat can hoard it. And, you know, I mean, just imagine, right? You go to a game. And you're a woman and you're at one game, like a hockey game or baseball game or something. You've really got to go. And you've paid big bucks to see this game. And now you're in some stupid lineup all the way out the door for the one washroom you're allowed to use. And you watch the men go in and out and in and out and in and out. Okay, that's the kind of situation this cat is under. Bully gets to use it any time. But she has to wait (laughs) until Bully's busy. Okay, she's going to find somewhere else to go. You know those women who sneak into the men's room? Well, that's your cat. She go find somewhere better to go. So, um, so yeah, don't make cats wait for the bathroom. Cats fight more about litter than they do about food, which is kind of strange. You know, that wouldn't really be the case with dogs at all. They're quite different animals, but they like to go privately and, and without hassle. So location is key. Also, not near anything that could startle. So you don't put it near a furnace that suddenly kicks on in winter or a dryer that sometimes is on and sometimes is not and might have things bang around. You know, you don't want to shock your cat when he's doing the right thing. You don't put it somewhere where the door could get closed and leave him stranded. So all this sounds obvious, but sometimes we don't think about it. So just make sure you've got litters in good places. And most people would say more litters than cats. Now, I know that's hard to accommodate if you have five cats. How could you possibly have six litters? It's a little bit easier if the cats are related or raised together or brought in as kittens. But as soon as you get a problem, even a little problem, you should really, really get another litter box. So that would be my big recommendation on that. Okay, so I'm going to go for another cat haiku because I love these. See if I can find a really good one for you. Okay, here's one. 
grace personified. I leapt into the window. I meant to do that. Yeah, a cat means to do that. Now, some people believe that a cat can write itself from seven stories if it falls. And it's actually true that many, 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 many times a cat can do that, even 11 stories, even 12 stories, and that it happens very quickly. They get to the right position very quickly in the air and then land properly. That's true. But it's also true that cats die this way. During the Olympics in 2010 in Vancouver, there was a robbery in a downtown apartment, and the people took the cat who was actually protecting the apartment. Way to go, cat. Anyway, the robbers took the cat and threw it out the window of this high-rise, and even though it landed on a nearby rooftop, which was only three or four stories, it shattered its back. It was a mess. It needed like six, $7,000 worth of surgery, and they had a big fun going, and actually, they did raise it, and the cat did get returned to as close to normal as, as one would after such complicated and extensive surgery all over, but I mean, how cruel, how horrible. You can't just throw your cat off the balcony. They won't survive necessarily. Now, one time I was on the roof, and I didn't realize it, and one of my kittens had snuck out and was on the roof with me, a really long, tall, lean cat. And he'd never been outside before, and he wasn't really interested in being outside. He was sort of clinging to my shoulder. And I had this one thing left to fix, and I thought, I'll just fix this, and then I'll take him back inside with me. It's getting to be evening, and, you know, and there he was on my shoulders. And I was fixing this one roofing tile, and he jumped off my back all the way down, though, like three stories to the ground. (laughs) landed fine looking up at me meow I had to hustle down hustle down hustle down grab him okay come back inside kitty uh that was Levi oh that was like 20 years ago what a good cat he was yeah actually I had a bad habit of letting cats especially kittens ride on the back of my neck and I had this this one cat lion he's still here he's uh Maybe four or five now. He's a gray tabby with a white mask and white feet. He's the one who I told you about had the ringworm. Anyway, that's a long time ago. Now he's just a lovable cat. He absolutely loves everybody. Well, used to, before he got so chubby, would jump into your arms on command. And he used to ride on my neck all the time. And one time I was Skyping my sister with video, talking to her, and I was telling her, she was saying, you know, how are you doing? And I said, oh, my neck is just killing me. I don't know what it is. It's just hurt me like never before. And she starts laughing. And she goes, do you think it could be that 18-pound cat on your neck? Maybe that's what's hurting your neck. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess he's not a kitten anymore. And I sort of stretched him out and looked at him. And I'm like, yeah, I call him a kitten, but he's about two years old. And Oh my gosh, he's busy. <laughs> I better stop letting him ride out there. So we don't do that anymore. And that's, see, now be careful what you teach your cat. I taught Lion to jump into my arms when I crossed them in an X pattern and tap twice on my shoulders. So this was very good, you know, very clear signals, tap, tap, he would jump in. Well, he decided he liked this command so much that he'd just sort of take, if I touched my hair or I scratched my shoulder, anything at all similar, and he'd be there. Well, that's okay if you're ready for it, right? But when a cat lands a trick like that, there are claws involved. And I used to do this with a big fleecy lumber jacket on, a big farm jacket, and it was okay. But one day, (laughs) I was coming out of the shower with a bathrobe on, and I went to move my hair off my shoulders, and bam, he landed on my bare shoulder, claws and all. And I thought, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, be careful what you teach a cat. Be careful what you teach a cat. This is not good. Big marks. Big marks to go with my other my other marks for my cats and my dogs. I've got one cat now. I hate to call him the diarrhea cat, but since I've referred to him that way already, he's grown up now. His name's Knuckles. And part of the reason I took him was when I went to that house and they were giving away all these kittens, they had other people coming. 
and they'd put an ad in the paper and the mum had already gone and so there was no way of convincing them to keep the cat longer. Really young kittens, but the mum, they'd already given away. And so the two I took, one of them I took just because it had extra toes. Because when you get a cat with extra toes, it can be a grooming problem. And a lot of times the vet will say, well, let's amputate the extra toe. Then you don't have to worry about it. And that's pretty cruel. It's not like filing your nails. It's not like clipping your nails. It's like amputating your knuckles back two joints down. It's really, really hard on them. And for the rest of their life, it's sort of like Chinese foot binding where they break all the bones. For the rest of their life, the cat has pain. Oftentimes, it will make a cat that didn't bite into a biter because it has no other weapon and it can't flee anymore. It makes it easy pickings for any animal. It can't get away can't defend itself. And it does oftentimes produce litter box issues because it hurts them to step and move and get in and get out. Oh, that's another thing about litter box. I probably should have said some cats don't like the lid. Some cats do. Some cats like big ones. Some cats like them almost full. Some cats like them almost empty. It's all trial and error. Figure out what your cat likes and give it to them. You'll be happier. Okay. So talking about the declawing. So I didn't want to declaw. But on one paw, he has two extra toes, and on the other paw, he has one extra toe. He's absolutely adorable, and he could do all kinds of things. In fact, he got loose at the vet clinic one time when they took him for his uh, neuter because he opened the cage with that extra toe. It's just like a hand. His, his foot looks like a, a hand. It really, really does. He's the missing link, people. Watch out. Here they come. The cats with thumbs are going to rule the world along with the raccoons and the coyotes. Okay, so he uh, has these extra toes between his other toes. And because they grow nails just like the regular ones, if I don't trim them quite often, they don't get scuffed. They don't get used. So they grow much faster than the other nails. And quite often, every few weeks, maybe even sooner, I have to trim them. I check them all the time. I check them every couple of days when I'm cuddling them. I feel them and touch them, make sure he'll let me, always let me since he was a kitten. But I have to trim them because otherwise they grow right back into his foot. And that's what the vets are worried about, like an ingrown toenail. And that would really hurt, be a real problem later. So I just keep them clipped. And if you're thinking, well, how the heck do you get your cat to put up with that? The second you get your lovey cat home, you start touching it. Not flicking it and playing with it and getting it to rough play when you find a spot that makes it react like so many people do. No, resist that. You know, get it to calm down. Desensitize those areas. Get it to accept your touch everywhere. My lion cat, who's a male cat, will now lie there and let me stroke him anywhere, even his tummy. Anywhere on his body. I can stroke him from head to toe. Any place. Used to be if I just touched that groin region or the tummy, he'd sort of seize up and hug my arm as if in warning. Now, he's a really, really mellow cat, but I've gotten to the point where he's like a rag doll. He'll let me touch anything, complete trust. You won't get there with all cats, but if you have a cat that has a situation, an issue that needs tending, you want to make sure you can deal with that issue. Same with dogs. If you have a dog that needs its ears done or, or some special thing that it's going to need in an ongoing way, give it the attention. Don't dread it and put it off. And, you know, if, if it needs to be done once a month, we'll touch that part every day and pretend to do it or do it a little once a week. So it's not something the dog forgets or the cat forgets. It's something they get so used to as a part of cuddles and love and everyday life. And they don't care anymore. Yeah, my ticklish poodle is saying, are you kidding me? <laughs> his ticklish feet, my giant poodle, big 90-pound dog. And every time he goes to the groomers, he's like a tap dancer trying to get his toes out of the way of the clippers. But, uh, but it's very funny to watch. Okay, so we'll be back in a second. We're going for our second break, our commercial break on uh, Animal Party, Pet Life Radio with Deb Wolf. Stay tuned. 
this party before it's over because the best is yet to come. Only losers leave the party early anyway. Party on. Back in a few. Your dog digs a hole under your fence. And the next thing you know... Protect your pets with Dig Defense, the amazing new product that keeps your pets in the yard. Dig Defense is safe, fast, and easy. Each unit is made from 4-gauge galvanized American steel and can be used for repairing digouts, filling gaps, or to hold fences down so pets can't get under them. Dig Defense provides peace of mind that your pets are contained humanely and safely. Visit digdefense.com today. D-I-G-D-E-F-E-N-C-E.com. The new Dyson Animal Backs are powerful bagless upright vacuums for homes with pets. Air muscle and radio root cyclone technology generates the strongest suction power to powerfully remove dust, dirt, and pet hair from the home or car. To order your Dyson Animal Vac, go to DysonDeals.com. DysonDeals.com to order your Dyson Animal Vac today. Dyson, music to your ears. Hi, I'm Dr. Jeff Werber from Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio. We want to hear from you. Listen in. We're on every Thursday, 1 o'clock Pacific Time, 4 o'clock Eastern Time here on PetLifeRadio.com. We are one of the only live shows on Pet Life Radio, and I'm here to answer your questions. You can call in at 877-385-8882, or you can drop me an email to drjeff at PetLifeRadio.com, and hopefully we'll see you here on Thursdays. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. You're, you're, you're inside the VIP room. With the hottest party in town. Back to the party. Let's go. Hello. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ciao, meow. I was going to say hello again. I did. It's a habit. Yes, cats have habits too. Hard to break a cat of a habit. Much easier to do a substitution. So the habit is scratching the sofa. The substitution is putting something slippery and unpleasant to scratch on the sofa for a very short time. While right next to it, you put some cat scratch. You've scratched up. Maybe found one used and cleaned it all up and brought it into the house because that is the bomb where a cat's concerned. When is used better than new? When it's a cat scratch. So why do cats like mice so much? Well, about 15 to 18 mice is what a cat needs to live on and not much else. In a can of cat food, there's about five of them. So no wonder they like them. It's their perfect, perfect food. Are cats really aloof? No. Are they solitary animals? No. They are solitary hunters for the most part, but not always. They're not solitary animals. They like to live in colonies. They like to groom each other. They have complicated relationships with each other, especially when they live together, like mind you, where, you know, it's not a strict hierarchy, top one, bottom one. They have all different. This one is loves that one, and this one doesn't like that one, and this one likes this one, but not when food is out and all sorts of stuff. And, um, oh, I want to talk about Dusty Rainbow a little bit because I've talked about Ardenmore a bit, but not Dusty. Dusty, some of the things I've told you about already, I learned from Dusty's book, Cat Wrangling Made Easy. She's the cat wrangler. Had her on my show a few times. And um, there's so much you can learn about why cats do what they do and the strange things they do through her book. So I would pick that up. Yes, if you're a cat person. And I also want to talk about Darlene Arden because her book, The Cat's Meow, a great book, especially for beginner people or people who really want a comprehensive everything about cats. The one I was referring to at first, Planet Cat, is more urban, upbeat. 
It's got all kinds of cool facts historically, and it's just full of like these poems I'm reading, these haikus, and just little things about pop culture and the media, you know, black cats, what the superstitions are over history, and what's going on with cat hoarders, and all the different things you could think about that's sort of modern and interesting and and quirky about cats and people and, and how we interact with them. So it's a great book for history buffs and people who just want to know strange facts and trivia. That would be Planet Cat. Now, if you want to actually deal with your cat and train it and you have more than one and they're being difficult, I'd go with Dusty Rainbolt's Cat Wrangler. Cat Wrangling made easy. And if you just have one cat or you're just interested in cats in general, you'd really, really like to know, you know, just how good their nose is, just how they learn, just how they work. What can you do for the various problems you're going to encounter in a normal one cat household or multiple cat? Then I would go for the cat's meow. So those are three of my favorite books. Now, Tribe of the Tiger, which I mentioned before, is more just um, an ode to cats almost. It's poetic. It's beautiful. It's a cat's eye view of life, really. And it's a tiny little book, just a little handbook. Any 14-year-old to 100-year-old person who loves cats would like to read it on a beach. So I would recommend that one too. Lately, there's been a lot of cat fiction and cats are appearing all over the place in the media, which is pretty cool. And a couple of years ago, I heard about a working cat. Now, I know some of you are skeptical. You're thinking, seeing eye cat? Give me a break. Yeah, seeing eye cat. No, they used cats to desensitize rodents who were being trained for the military to find underground mines. Okay, now that's like, you know, <laughs> the, the old lady who ate the fly, and I don't know why she ate the fly, that she ate the bird to eat the fly. Yeah, it is a little bit. But the thing is, best animals in the world at finding underground mines are rodents. But the rodents they trained to do this would stop working whenever they thought they saw a cat or a cat shadow or anything feline. And they were preoccupied with this constant ever worry. So once they found, trained, found and trained cats who were not particularly into mousing, God, I don't know how they found them. But anyway, once they did that, those cats were employed, yes, it's a job, to teach the rats to not worry about predation from felines and cats. And once they learned that, the rats were better at finding the mines. In fact, really, really good at it. So there's a working job for a cat that you probably didn't think of. There there are a lot of cats involved in therapy, too. You know, it really helps when kids are being interviewed by police and and there's been some incident they don't want to talk about but must report on. It so helps to have a cat or a dog there. So cats are helping a lot with that. And then we see hotel cats and nursing home cats. And there's just uh, a big place for cats in our lives. But I think still, from the time of the ancient Egyptians till now, one of the major reasons we keep them is rodent control. And they say there's over 100 rodents to every person in the big cities of the world, especially the port cities like New York City and Vancouver. And, you know, I don't like that idea. All you need is a garbage strike to have it really hit you home and in your face. But I don't like that idea at all. I much prefer the idea of cats to poison. I much prefer the idea of predation by cats. So, you know, the trap and neuter release programs where they take cats that are otherwise unwanted and living on their own and uncared for, and they care for them, and they vaccinate them, and they neuter and spay them, and they dock one ear so it's shaped a little differently. It looks like it's been cut. That way they can identify them, and they won't try and catch them again. And they feed them, and they make sure they're in a place where there's no sensitive birds and nothing, no estuary, and they just let them be there. And that helps nature. That doesn't hurt nature, and it helps the cats too. So I want to encourage trap neuter and release programs and for people to understand how they work. It's really, really important. Yeah, really, really important. 
So there's all kinds of things now. There's cat spas. and I love the commercials on TV now. There's one where a cat's getting a massage because the woman's won the lottery and she pays for a couple's massage for her and her cat. They're both lying there getting their massage They're with the soothing stones. Just love it. There's another one where a girl guide comes to the door to sell cookies and the cat lover owner of the house is busy on the floor cuddling her cat. And, oh, he says, so, 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 so. She's, you know, baby talking her cat, talking, 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 lying on her back. And the girl guy's like, should I come back later? <laughs> and uh, then there's a third one I just love where this uh, dog, Nova Scotia duck toller, I believe. I think so. Might be a golden retriever. Can't remember. Some fetchaholic dog is on its bed and you can see the cat wants the bed. So the cat takes its tail and whacks the ball and the dog goes running for the ball and then the cat goes and takes over the bed. Now that's something I've not ever seen. I've never seen a cat do that. I've seen dogs do that, the bait and switch. You know, they pretend to want the ball they don't want and then the dog drops the one they do want, takes the ball they don't want and the first dog goes for the ball he really wanted in the first place. Yeah, I've seen that a lot, the bait and switch. And I do it on dogs when I'm teaching them to fetch. I pretend I have a second ball till they drop the first, put the clean one back in my pocket, throw the first one again. So it really, really works on dogs. I've not seen cats do it. What I have seen cats do is bribe dogs. Give them mice, give them dead things, try and aim them, make them fall off the roof into the doggy bowl, make you bring it into the house and deliver it, hand deliver it, or hunt it down from the attic or the basement and bring it up to the dog. I've seen that over and over and over. There's a lot of giving and taking. Right now where my kittens are, there's one glass door between them and the other cats of the house. And one of my cats keeps bringing them gifts. And then one of my other cats, big fat lazy one, steals it. So I'm sure the one who's bringing the gifts thinks the kittens are getting them and they're not. But uh, yeah, so that's what's going on in my house with my cats. I wonder if I've left anything out. There's so much to say about cats and their special abilities. Everything about them is extreme athletic. The way they fight, so much of our martial arts is based on them because they're such an incredible example. The way they move, their body, they have so many abilities we don't even know about, we don't even understand and are just beginning to understand. Like they can actually consciously choose to be longer or shorter and cause their spines to get longer or shorter, something we just can't do. That's why your cat seems to fit into the teeny tiniest box. I don't know why cats have a box fetish, but so far I've never met a cat who didn't love to jump in a good box. So be careful if you're packing. Be careful you don't inadvertently take... I've heard of stories where cats have been taken halfway around the world in a suitcase by accident. And about three weeks ago, I don't even know how she got out, but sometimes cats are pretty determined. One of my cats got into my car. I think it probably was in a box that I loaded. And I was on the road and I was driving and I heard, now <laughs> I called the person I was heading to and said, I got to turn back. I know I've got a stowaway, and she was really calm, and now she's not. Oh, no. So then I had to get a cat kennel from the house, get it into the car, close all the doors, catch her in the kennel, then bring her into the house, because I don't want her getting loose, getting out, getting hit by a car, getting killed. You know, it wasn't my intention for her to get packed away in a box in my car, but that's what happens sometimes. Cats, cats love boxes. Yeah, well... I think we've almost run out of time. I hate to say that because I know there's always so much more to say about cats. There really is. From their extra eyelids to their amazing vision at night to their ears and their nose, which get underplayed just because dogs are so phenomenal at hearing and smelling. It doesn't mean cats aren't. In fact, if your cat won't eat, a lot of times there's a nasal problem or a tooth problem. 
So if your cat all of a sudden is a finicky eater and he never was before, or doesn't like the food he always did, maybe it's time to go see the vet. Anytime an animal, especially a cat, has a quick change, a sudden change like that, and it doesn't go away quickly in a 24 hours, it could be a nasal infection. If a cat can't smell its food, it won't eat it. So that could tip you off. Or a tooth problem. Now, a lot of animals, especially small animals, especially cats, it really is not in their interest to show pain. If an animal that's 10 or 20 pounds walks around the world showing its pain, screaming when it gets stepped on or complaining when it has a toothache or a nasal infection or something wrong with it, a growth, a cyst, if it complains a lot, something's going to come eat it. So even though we think of them as predators, they hunt the tiny creatures, the mice and the rodents, the spiders, my favorite, no spiders in my house, but even though we think of them as predators, they're also prey to many, many things out there. So your cat is not going to come up to you and lift its paw and show you, look, mommy, I have a sore paw like your dog might. It just won't. So you got to be on this. you got to be touching your cats all the time and noticing if their poop or pee is off, if they're missing the litter box all of a sudden for no reason, if they're listless, tired, if their behavior changes suddenly, if there's any lumps or bumps or reason they're not eating, get on it. Because that's not normal for a cat. They're pretty much steady. They have their personalities and, you know, give or take some coming out of a shell or some, some changes, you know, th- something can throw them off like a new neighbor or fireworks or Halloween. But if there's nothing going on and all of a sudden your cat's just changed and it's more than a day, you really got to take it into your vet. And this is especially true of litter box problems, too. Before you start worrying about the behavior, make sure your cat doesn't have, you know, some kind of blockage. Because there's no way your cat can behave itself the way you want if it's actually ill and it can't make it to the litter box or it's having accidents or when it tries to pee, it's stopped from peeing. That can be very dangerous and it happens a lot to, to cats, especially older males. But So you want to really check them out if there's anything wrong, if there's any odor about them anywhere. There shouldn't be. Cats shouldn't smell. So if there's a smell to their nose or their ears or their mouth or their bum or anywhere at all, not good. (laughs) Take them in. All right. So hopefully you've got a cat carrier around and once in a while you put something in it that's nice so your cat doesn't dread going in there. So he thinks it's just another box. And then that that makes him less stressed on the way there and the way back. You might want to cover it with a sheet for the car ride. Some cats prefer that. You might want to just put him in the back of the car and blast the music because most cats, meow, 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 all the way to the vet. <laughs> so be, be ready for that. Get some earplugs maybe or your, your tune's happening. And... Um, Never leave your cat in the kennel, in the car, in the heat, not even for a little while. Take it with you if you have to stop or don't stop. They just don't like it. And it gets so hot so fast. Now, there's an interesting, oh, before we go, I just want to tell you about this weird little ruling in Canada. They changed the rules for Air Canada, the state-run airline. And the next airline down, WestJet, has decided to follow suit. And what they've decided is they've decided to declare a person with allergies to cats and dogs, if their allergy is extreme and they have a doctor's note, that person is considered the same as a disabled person or a person with special needs, like a blind person. And so that person has a right to not have animals near them on the plane. So what they've decided to do is if a person like that books on an airline and you book and you want your cat or your chihuahua underneath your seat, you will have to be seated 10 to 12 rows away from them. Now, if you both book and there's no room to do that, your pet will be bumped into cargo or you will be bumped onto another flight at your cost. So far, they're saying. Okay, now what happens if the blind person 
traveling with their seeing eye dog and the person with the pet allergy both want to fly. Okay, then it's whoever booked first. I don't know how this is going to work. I just had a puppy sell from here and go all the way to Panama. And I was so glad it was in a little kennel flying under the people's seat. I wouldn't have sent it in baggage. Too young, too soon. If you're thinking, puppies? Does she have puppies? Yes, I do. Come look at Facebook, Camp Good Dog, if you want to see the seven puppies that are left. Reds and apricots, standard poodles, born June 1, had their second vaccines, love to play and frolic and wrestle, and they're absolutely cute little fluff balls with hair that sticks straight out. So if you want to see cuteness, go to Camp Good Dog Facebook right now, and you'll see them there, and you'll see some of our other boarding customers. So now you cat people are really feeling sorry for my cat. Six cats that live at Camp Good Dog. Well, they have cat scratches, giant ones in the hall, a cat scratch in each of my children's bedrooms. They, <laughs> they get all the mice they can catch in the house. It's not so bad for them, really. Really, it's not. They have each other. And the dogs, the dogs are downstairs only. And the dogs are only allowed in when well-behaved and friendly to cats and supervised. So really, it's not a bad life. You needn't feel sorry for my cats. All right, everybody, we've run out of time. If you have an aloof cat, I just want to leave you with this idea. It's not something that's permanent. Don't give up. Don't say to yourself, well, that's just the way he is or that's just the way all cats are. If you think all cats are like that, it's you. Start petting and talking to your cat. Your cat has given up on you. Okay, everybody. So I've shared a little bit of cat information. I'll be back next time with dogs and scenting dogs. Until next time, from Deb Wolf on Animal Party Pet Life Radio, be good to your animals. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.